take your seats now. I appreciate that. It, it's kind of, when I go to church on Sundays, that's one of the first things we do. So you can get to know who people are. And this is a fitting venue to get to do that. So I hope you, I apologize if I offended anyone, but we want to go ahead and do it that way. The other piece is as we get ready to, to do the play, Pledge of Allegiance, flag is here. I ask that you all stand. Again, <laughs> and we can do the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. You all may be seated. The next item on the agenda deals with uh, a couple of military veterans, retired military veterans. Uh, one is not able to be here today, but General Arnold will take care of all of that. I want to introduce General, uh, Major General Wallace C. Arnold. Um, I first met him at the Northern Virginia uh, Alumni Chapter for the Hampton, Northern, for the Hampton uh, Association. And um, very good gentleman. He was a charter member of that organization. But let me give you a little bit more background on General Arnold. Major General Wallace C. Arnold has completed more than uh, more than 30, uh, I'm, I'm correction, more than 50 years of public service, service in private industry and higher education. He is a Virginian uh, who spent the early years of his life near Warrington, Virginia. That's off of 29 as you head north in, in the state of Virginia. Upon graduation from Hampton Institute, now known as Hampton University, he was commissioned a second lieutenant and awarded a Bachelor of Science degree in industrial education. He later graduated from George Washington University with a master's degree in human resources. His military, um, uh, his military education includes completion of the Air Defense uh, Artillery School, the United States Army Command and General Staff College, and the Navy War College. He has held a wide variety of important command and staff positions, culminating as the Assistant Deputy Chief of Staff for Personnel, Department of the Army. Other key assignments were Commander United States Army ROTC Command, Cadet Command, Commander of the First Region, United States Army ROTC Cadet Command, and Director for Personnel and Administration of the United States European Command, and Commander of the 69th Air Defense Artillery Brigade, 32nd Army Air Defense Command. General Arnold retired uh, after more than 34 years of uh, service on June the 30th, 1995. He subsequently joined Information Technology Solutions as an Executive Vice President and Chief Administration Officer. Afterwards, he served as the Director of Hampton University's Technical Data Management Laboratory. From January 2004 to 2007, he was the Interim President of Cheney University up in Pennsylvania 
and the oldest, which is the oldest historically black institution of higher learning. Currently, he is a senior consultant in private industry, higher education, and government. He has contributed and continues to contribute uh, to the community and the country in numerous capacities. Several are, he's a deacon at First Baptist Church in Hampton, Virginia. He's on the board of directors of Piney Woods School, Piney Woods, Mississippi. And he's a member of the board of trustees for the Massanutten Military Academy in Woodstock, Virginia. Most importantly for future service, he is the chairman of the Hampton City Schools Superintendent's Community uh, Council. He's a member of the Peninsula Community Foundation Board of Directors in Hampton, Virginia, and he's a major fundraiser for the Hampton University National Alumni Association. You hear all of them say, well, why is he here? Well, he's going to tell us a story, <laughs> okay? Between him and his daughter, they're going to put us where we need to be today. So we should be happy about that. This is a very, very nice occasion. It's nice to be home for a while. Um, I left here in 67, and uh, I'm back on and off now, but I'm glad to be home. Thank you. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am Wallace C. Arnold. I am a member of the legacy of the U.S. colored troops that laid the foundation for where we are today. And it is my pleasure to, uh, uh, to be here on your 10th uh, celebration of this luncheon. Uh, and uh, I am delighted, uh, Colonel uh, Atkins, for you taking so much time because uh, based on how I was measuring time, you used up my time already. So, uh, <laughs> so we, uh, uh, <clears throat> so I'm ready for lunch. They, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it is just a wonderful opportunity uh, to be here with, uh, with you today and to be a part of the legacy uh, that we have uh, from colored troops. Uh, and because it is folks like me who are part of that, who have grown through that process, who have had great opportunity through that process, uh, and uh, and have had a, an opportunity to contribute. Also, I bring you greetings today uh, from General Dennis Bai, who is a retired uh, four-star uh, from this part of uh, Virginia. Uh, and uh, General Bai called uh, called me last week, and he said, "I heard you're going out to uh, Rocky Mount." Uh, for their uh, uh, luncheon, and uh, I was asked to participate. I cannot do it. Uh, would you please uh, give greetings uh, from me and to let 
the folks out there know uh, that I am uh, from Martinsville, Virginia, next county over. <clears throat> and, uh, and I've known General Vi for a long period of time. Just a very, very outstanding uh, Army officer and leader. And uh, now, if you wonder uh, a little bit about this, now, General Vi is from Martinsville. He commanded the largest logistical operation that our Army has. Martinsville, Virginia. And, uh, and has had that opportunity and really uh, has uh, been an outstanding leader in our Army. Now there's other folks stuck around, various places from Virginia, I want, want you to know, uh, that have been great soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines uh, in, our, in our military. Virginia has done its fair share of helping to protect our country and allowing, and allowing our country to, uh, to build. So the legacy that we have is tremendous. Uh, and it has, and the thing that you are doing is so important because you are working on foundational work uh, to show and to demonstrate what we've had the opportunity to do uh, as black soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coast Guardsmen in our, uh, in our country. So the work uh, that uh, my uh, daughter is engaged in and uh, uh, is, uh, is very important and hopefully uh, will spread uh, beyond what you're doing here, uh, but will be foundational work that will go on into the future. Uh, so uh, from General Vi and uh, from me, we just say thanks. Thanks for being supportive. Now, I... Uh, had the opportunity a number of years ago to have one of your great uh, citizens uh, work for me, serve for me, work very closely uh, in, in an office for me. Uh, and that is Mr. Lucas Tooney. Uh, now, Lucas is one of my soldiers. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I told him I was probably say how long ago that was. He said, sir, don't say that, please. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, uh, I had uh, this young couple that was in my uh, office uh, when I was a brigade commander uh, in, in Germany. Two great soldiers. Lucas served uh, a little over 20 years uh, in our army. And you got folks. Uh, Colonel Atkins. Uh, so you've had your fair share of folks, but we're going to go back now and find all those other folks uh, that uh, had a tougher time than they did to be able to serve our country from right here in Rocky Mount, Virginia. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much, uh, General Arnold. I, I appreciate the good words, and you're right. We, this is our opportunity to expand and, and get better at what we do. For now, we're going to have a selection by uh, um, Pastor Gilmore Warren, Sr. All right, thank you. I'd like to say good afternoon to everyone. Thank the Lord for being here today. You know, that's a lot of being said about military today. Well, I'm too old to go in the Navy. <laughs> and I certainly can't fly no plane. But I'm just right to be in the army of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I've been fighting this fight for a long time. And I'm now no ways tired and no ways ready to give up. Because the Lord told me, said, uh, they who endure to the end shall be saved. Is that all right? Said, oh, I came to Jesus as I was. I was weak in wound and sad, but I found in him a resting place. You know, he has made me glad, God Almighty. Oh, I came, Jesus, as I was. I was weak in wound and sad, but I found. In him, all rest in play. You know, he has made me glad. I love the Lord, he heard my cry. He filled me with my heart desire. I said, Long as I live, let the Lord fight my battle. Stay with the Lord till I die. I came to Jesus, I know it's all right. I came to Jesus, I know it's all right. I met my Jesus one morning. He picked me up and he turned me around. I came to Jesus, I came to Jesus. Well, I came to Jesus as I was. I was weary and wound and sad, but I found in Him a resting place. You know He, yeah. I came to Jesus. I came to Jesus. If you know it's all right. Come on and clap your hands. I came to Jesus. I came to Jesus. I got a question. I want to ask you a question. Do you know your day? Do you know your day? When I call your day, I want to raise your hand. Somebody who met him. Met him one Monday. 
Somebody met him, met him one Tuesday. Somebody met him, met him one Wednesday. Somebody met him, met him one Thursday. Let me tell you about my day. I met him one Thursday. When it got all over me, it put clapping in my hand, clapping in my hand. I came to Jesus, I came to Jesus. Well, I came to Jesus as I was, I was. One more day. Somebody met him one Friday. Somebody met him one Friday. Do you know your day? Do you know your day? I got two more days. Somebody met him. Met him one Saturday morning. Somebody met him one Saturday. Somebody met him on a Sunday. Do you know your day? I came to Jesus. I came to Jesus. I came to Jesus. for that selection, uh, Pastor, and we, we appreciate you um, and your, your, your team here working to get all that done. Um, one other quick house, uh, keeping a note here, I, you know when you start calling people's names, you're going to forget somebody. Uh, 67, I, I see Kathleen Brown is here. Yeah. I see Ida Smith Vi is here. Yeah, a classmates of mine. Um, we're at the juncture now where we're going to talk about the recognition of guests, and we have Mr. Andre Peary here to do that for us. Good afternoon. The first thing I want to recognize since uh, I realized that we're in the military now. <laughs> I didn't realize we were going to have such a military overtone to this meeting, but it's wonderful and glad to meet all these gentlemen. And the first people we want to recognize are the people on the ground. All military veterans stand, or if you can't stand, raise your hand. Thank you so much. And I think it was a perfect setup with the colonel. I love that, that I gotta get that statement about veterans because it's so good, I wanna use that somewhere. Okay, we're gonna recognize, first of all, Major General Two Star 
Wallace and his missus, and his missus, and if she's not, if she's in, please stand as well, please. Uh, we want to welcome them. Thank you so much. Miss Robin Little, Shenandoah Valley Black Heritage Project. We'd like to ask please. Thank you, please stand. Dr. Murder Martin, president of Ferrum College. I think you're gonna enjoy her as she gets around this community. She's a delightful person. Anybody that eats with the students has got to be brave. <laughs> uh, Pastor Michael Little, Ferrum College chaplain. He's brand new, and I tell you what, he's ready to go. Isn't that right? Right? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Naomi Hodge Muse, President Henry County NAACP. Welcome. <laughs> Linda Brown, member Henry County NAACP. And James Brown, member of Henry County NAACP. Brenda Hale, I saw her walk in. I know she's here. Raise your hand, Brenda. Brenda Hale, 10-term president of the Roanoke chapter of the NAACP. Thank you for coming. We just saw each other last night <laughs> at another event. Holland Purdue, mayor of town of Rocky Mount. Uh-oh. Thank you. Ralph Casey, Rocky Mount Town Councilman. Please stand, sir. Billy Stockton, Rocky Mount Town Councilman. Lori Smith did send her regrets. She's with the Franklin County Board of Supervisors. Uh, Sergeant First Class, Lucas Tuning. We had also regrets from uh, Carletta Whiting, a member of the Franklin County School Board. All right, Carl Klein, Hospital Administration, and my fellow Rotarian. <laughs> Commander Ken Barron, Commander VFW Post 10840, five-time All-State three-time All-American Post. David Cuff, Commander DAV. Everybody knows David. <laughs> Rory Muse, Commander of American Legion Post 111. Daphne Jamison, member, Blue Ridge Soil and Water Conservation Board. Don Vineyard, chair of the Franklin County Democratic Committee. He's a fun guy. <laughs> Philip Young, Rocky Mount Chief of Police. Uh, 
could you introduce your friend? He, he's the guy that's really out in the community. So could you? This is Ryan King. He's our resource officer. Yeah. He's the one that's going to be out and about because I've seen him at work. <laughs> Philip Young, Rocky Mount. Oh, got you. Sorry. Cable 12 TV right over here. We also have Daniel Pinard, Director of Economics and Cultural Development. Thank you. And we want to recognize you, all the persons, everybody else who decided to come out and support the NAACP. It's an important organization, and we've got some very, very important work to do moving forward here. We're in difficult times. We need your help. Thank you. It is my pleasure now to uh, introduce Ms. Betty Huffman, who's going to introduce our guest speaker for the day. If I were younger, <laughs> I would be turning cartwheels. Um, the storyteller has been, um, she has been a blessing, a gift to our town. When we got the chance to take her on in February 2018, that was the most expensive program we'd financed as friends of the library. Um, I said, if you don't want to pay for it, I will. Um, in 1964, and I'm not telling a long story, in 1964, I was applying to start a master's degree in history at East Tennessee State College. And um, this is in Johnson City, uh, just a spitting distance from Jonesboro the home of the national storytelling. <laughs> um, and I had been to every storytelling in Western North Carolina, East Tennessee, West Virginia, Southwest Virginia, where my people are. And it was something to hear all these stories because as a child, no one ever told me who I looked like. They didn't tell me the stories about my grandmother, my other grandmother. I didn't get those stories because those grandmothers were not alive. So when I'm sitting for my interview to see if I would fit into East Tennessee State's program, I'd already been told Virginia did not want me. They. Um, I had stepped out of bounds and said, you need to read these documents. And I said it to a class in American history. Whoa. Um, if you present documents that are primary documents, they're not approved by the state of Virginia. <laughs> it might uh, upset people. So. Here I am sitting in East Tennessee, and the man looks at me and says, 
do you know the two classes you signed up to take first are on the Constitution? Most people wait until they're near the end. Why do you want it? And I said, well, I think it's very important, and I want to be in here. He said, well, there are th two other women, and there are 30 men. He said, usually the women don't make it to the end. So if you don't make it, I want to tell you this. And this is a guy who is nearing retirement and is only teaching constitutional history and how to study history, find those old documents. He told me, hmm, he said, you, you might make it, but if you don't, I hope you learn to pass on stories because it's the generals lead the fight, soldiers are in the fight, and we read about it. We can read about battles that took place centuries ago. But what about the people were, that were at home waiting for the soldiers? You know, history marches on for them, too. And until some women decide that they can pass on the stories, they can find the truth of what really happened, not just the gossip that has gone on. The people that can tell you who you are, who you look like, because they know your family. They can tell you, oh, I know why you're having trouble with your eyes like that. Look at your dad. But that didn't happen for me because I didn't have the grandmothers. I didn't have the historical storytellers, the people who listened, who heard things, who knew how to read and pass that knowledge on. So when she came and gave her first program, in the middle of rain, who cared? I mean, with just a simple handkerchief or a scarf, she transformed herself and told us our stories. And this is to me, 2018, and here I am standing and I'm past 80 and I'm gosh, fulfilling and helping to fulfill what Dr. Stone told me in 1964. And no, I did not get my degree there, but I did learn a valuable lesson. And thank you, Sheila, for fulfilling. <laughs> she is fabulous. If you haven't heard her, Get ready now to have your life changed. You will look at it in a different way. And it's about time somebody spoke up for another statue. Um, hello? Oh, okay. In terms of the car, 
it, is there Mr. Wood here? Is it your is it your van? It's not. Huh? Okay. They're still trying to figure that out. I'll let them worry about it. Um, and no tow. We aren't going to do tow trucks today. Um, we need a. We, we're getting ready to have another mu musical selection by um, Pastor Gilmore and his team. Go ahead, please. Well, you can see that I'm not Pastor Warren, and I don't know how to play the guitar, not that well anyway. But um, um, I was sitting thinking, and Miss Betty got up. I thought she was going to roll away with this thing and just keep going, standing on her tiptoes. And uh, I know she was introducing the storyteller, Miss Sheila, today, but Miss Betty is a storyteller herself. You know how many hours I spend at the library listening and talking to her and, and just enjoying it. It is never a dull moment. But I got up to sing, and I want to start with this song that says, Oh Lord, we give you praise. And, oh Lord, we bless your name. And we lift our voices to say thank you for your goodness and your mercy toward us. For your goodness and your mercy toward us we all for praise. Oh Lord, we give you praise. And oh Lord, we bless your name. And we lift our voices to say thank you for your goodness and your mercy toward us for your goodness and your mercies toward us we all for praise if anyone should ever write my life story for whatever reason, there might be. Oh, don't you know that he'll be there between each line and story? Oh, yes. Don't you know that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. Oh, Jesus is the best thing, glory to God, that ever happened. Oh, Jesus is the best 
best thing that ever happened to me. If anyone should ever write, write our life story, oh yeah, for whatever reason, there might be. Don't you know that he'll be there between each line, each line and story? Oh, yes. Don't you know that Jesus is the best thing? Don't you know it? That ever happened? I know that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. God bless you. Thank you very much for that inspiring uh, song. I really we appreciate it, you know. Great job. We're at the juncture now where we're ready to uh, have the keynote performer come in and perform. Um, we're going to go ahead with Ms. Sheila Arnold, please. How's everybody doing today? Good. This is one of those times that I'm caught between wanting to give a lecture and wanting to tell a story. And I'm really having a hard time with it because I got excited when I was given the job to start looking for information about the United States colored troops, the United States colored soldiers that were born in Franklin County, Virginia. Now it already had begun, Glenna Moore, Hawkins Moore for some folks, Glenna had already started this process of looking up information and, and she started to go and tell the story and she started with the story of the Sills, S-I-L-L-S. And I'm just gonna read something she wrote because she's been presenting something every month to share about it. And I thought, why do good research that she's already done? If you don't know, in your midst, you have a true historical researcher who has done extraordinary things. And is using that history for what should be used to change what happens in the future, to make us appreciate those things from the past or learn from things in the past so our future looks different. She said this and wrote this. This is the final of the four-part story. There's a four-part story she got, so go, go listen to it. About a free black woman, Nancy Beveler, and her free black sons born in Franklin County and enlisted in the United States colored troops during the Civil War. Private Herod Beverly and his younger brother, Private Samuel Beverly. According to the research at the Shenandoah Valley Black Heritage Project, Herod and Samuel served with the 5th United States Colored Infantry Regiment in its earliest days. They were in action at Sandy Swamp, North Carolina, Richmond, and New Kent Courthouse. 
They were part of General Butler's operations on the south side of the James River and against Petersburg and Richmond in May and June of 1864. They were also involved in the Battle of Chaffin's Farm and New Market Height. The Battle of Fort Harrison on September 9th is where younger brother Samuel was recorded as captured. His military cards list him as killed in action at Chapin's farm, but later his records show he was a prisoner of war. These records indicate that he was wounded and or captured at Fort Harrison and held in Richmond until he was transferred to the uh, Richmond, Virginia hospital. Nancy and her son, surviving son, Herod, looked for Samuel following the war, which may have led them to the discovery of North Carolina records that show he was moved to the Confederate prison in Salisbury, North Carolina in November 1864. The Salisbury prison and cemetery in North Carolina is in Rowan County. It initially had over 5,000 prisoners and would grow to 10,000. Many were in the prison's hospital, countless were buried in a trench that was 240 by 18 feet wide. That was the story that began it. That was the story that Glenna started and she said, could you come and maybe do something on the sill? She was all excited about that. I was going to portray Nancy, Sib, Nancy, uh, Nancy Beverly and and, uh, and, uh, and, and really just do this wonderful thing. And I said, well, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna just see that. I wanna see what else is here. And so in that Shenandoah Valley uh, book, Shenandoah Valley Black Heritage Project, they list those that were, that were born in Franklin County and apart. So my whole job now is just to get you to go, hmm, I heard at least one already, that was good. And then, and go, then I want you to go again, hmm, Really? And I want you to start to get a little happy because these are your stories. And they're not lost because they never were found. So now we get a chance to show them, wipe them off, clean them up, and let you see them. Is that all right by you? And I ain't going to talk a whole lot, but you know, I ain't going to talk a little lot because I am the only thing holding up your lunch, and that is a bad place to be. I am quite clear that I feel like a preacher right now speaking on Sunday morning at 12.30 and I've been going for a while. <laughs> but just a couple of stories. The first one is Samuel Henry Smothers. Samuel Henry Smothers enlisted in Troy, Ohio in 1964. He was a school teacher. He was a principal and he of the Union Literary Institute in Randolph County, Randolph County, uh, Randolph County, Indiana, sorry, Randolph County, Indiana. He lived there because Randolph County had the, in 1860, had the largest African-American, uh, called color at that time, uh, largest colored uh, or Negro population in all the state. And they lived in three settlements. One was called Greenville, Another was called, uh, was called Cabin Creek, and one was called Snow Creek. Mm. I'm not certain, but I think they might be representing the people that moved there from parts of Virginia and West Virginia. All those are names of places that had communities in them 
uh, someplace else. Well, he became a teacher and a principal there. He started a magazine called the Students' Re Repository. It was so done so well that the North American Review actually got a hold of it and talked about how good it was. He had writers even from the Atlantic Monthly that shared their works inside this small little, not children, small little publication that came from the school. And he decided, he wrote in the beginning of, uh, had it typed in the beginning of one of the repositories and said, I can no longer sit and watch. I must move from talk and writing to action. I am joining the United States Colored Troops. This repository cannot continue after I'm gone, but I will know that I have done what is right. Now, we know that he's from Franklin County, Virginia. He was born here. He said it over and over again. So there's several documents that he says, Franklin County, Virginia. He is the relation of Kezia, K-E-Z-I-A-H, Smothers. Now, if you go to the 1838 census of free Negroes in this area, you would notice Kizia's name, and you'd notice it says Smithers, M-S-M-I-T-H-E-R-S. But I, when she wrote or had written her last will and testament, she wrote her, had her last name written as Smothers. He's a direct descendant from her, probably from her daughter that moved to that area because her daughter Betsy kind of disappears. But that's someplace else you can look. You see, Kezia, she made a mark on her will. She couldn't read or write. Wouldn't she be surprised if one of her relations made a mark as well? A mark for freedom. A mark to show that liberty should be for all. And then there's then there's uh, uh, the Stokes family. There, there's Robert, called Bob, and Ina Stokes. They were father and son. Robert was 42 years old. Enos was 19. They were from, lived in Smithland, Kentucky. Now, I have no idea how they came from Franklin County to Smithland, Kentucky. I just know that they kept saying, they kept reporting they was born in Franklin County. Franklin County, Virginia. Now, Please understand, Franklin County, there is about a Franklin County in every single state. From Florida to Maine and going all the way over to Tennessee and Missouri. And there's a Franklin, well, in Virginia and every other, every other state as well. So you gotta really pick one. I already lost one, Mr. John Triplett. We thought he was, uh, he was in Ch Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And I thought for sure, because he was in the book, but he actually was born over in Franklin and in uh, West Virginia, in Pendleton County, where the county seat is Franklin. But that's okay, we just lost one. But we got Robert and Enos, and they made their way to Smithland, and they got in, they, they joined, and, uh, joined and, and enlisted together in January of 1865 for three years. Whoa, they were ready. By November 9, 1865, the war was over. And they went back home to farming. <laughs> Enos eventually moved a little bit further from where his father had been to Caldwell County, just down the street from where he had enlisted. He eventually got married to Alice. They had six children, 
three boys, three girls. He died somewhere, his wife died before him, and he died between 1900 and 1910, is buried in the Cedar Hill Cemetery in Princeton, Kentucky, in an unmarked grave with the other coloreds that were buried there. But there's a man there, because there always seems to be a remnant of somebody. His name is Robert P. Poole, and he has decided that all veterans need to have a head mark, uh, need to have a marker. Even those who are colored deserve, demand to be acknowledged. So he has begun to research all those that were in the military there, including Enos Stokes, who now is honored in the Cedar Hill Cemetery in Kentucky. But he was born here. Might want to get a little recognition. Amen. And then I'm going to end with the Tates. Josiah and Granville Tate. Now y'all been real quiet, so I'm hoping that you're just interested in not sleeping, because I ain't heard no ums at all. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna assume that y'all like, really? I'm hoping that's what's happening. Josiah and Granville Tate, their story was completely different. They weren't like Samuel Freeman joined, and they weren't like, uh, they weren't like Robert and Enos Freeman that were joining. No, they were in Mississippi. I'm sorry, they were in Missouri. And it, because it was a border state, they weren't free by the Emancipation Proclamation. Nope. If you were going to join in a, from a border state, then either you were already free or you had to run away. And so just on September, September 4th, 1864, Josiah and his brother Granville, 18 and 19, 19 and 18 years old, ran away from their enslaver and made their way over to Fulton, Mississippi, Missouri, and joined up with two other enslaved men at that time. All four of them were owned by a man, well, their enslaver was George Law, son of John W. Law, son of John Law Sr., all born in Franklin County, Virginia. Those men were born in Franklin County, the ones that ran away, all four of them were, and they made their way so they could find freedom because they weren't gonna be free from their master, from their enslaver. Now, I got to tell you this little side note because I have you as captive and you're just going to hear me. Um, so, as I was researching, I found out about Fulton, Missouri, is in Callaway County. Isn't Callaway a name around here somewhere? Oh, yeah, that's right, it is. Uh, oh, by the way, the people that started Callaway County? Callaways, the Tates, the Laws. They're all the pioneers of this town, and almost all of them came from Franklin County, Virginia. Mayor, you're gonna have to go talk to uh, Callaway County and have some conversations with them somewhere along the way, because all their our people are down there, all the people down there, I don't know. I thought that was so interesting. And I went yesterday to the county courthouse. Oh, I was in my little bit of heaven. There was nothing but books 
upon books of research of just information and I looked in and I saw where John Law had slaves. These were his descendants that ran away. The descendants of those enslaved people. And so they, they ran and they fought. You know, all those folks in Callaway County, and they fought for the wrong side because they lost. And them four young men, they won. But Josiah and Granville not, never got to experience that win. Never had the opportunity to know true freedom. December 26, 1864, four months after growing in, Josiah died in Petersburg in the hospital from pneumonia. His brother Granville collected his last things and went back to fight, only to die in May of 1865. Brothers in arms, truly. Ones that did not get to live it but fought for that freedom anyway. Their names should be remembered. I just gave you three. There's four, I suppose. Well, one of them was actually Glenna. She gave that one. But I just, I wanted, I could talk for hours about this. I'm still doing research. There's an Adkins. His name is Robert Adkins. Mm-hmm. Just thought I'd let you know. Okay. He was born here and he fought. He was also an engineer, not him, but there was also an engineer that was there, I just thought you'd let you know. There are names that are familiar. There's Arrington, there's, um, oh, I could go to my little book. There's Arrington and Allen and, oh, the names go on and on and on and I'm not gonna go through them all because I get excited and I don't wanna do that. Patterson, just the names of those who made a difference. Now, here's the deal. I couldn't do all the research because I would, you know, you'd have to pay me lots more money because I, I can't do all the research. I, I need hours to do that. But there's still work to be done. If you're willing, you can come up to me and I'll give you an assignment. I'll give you one person for you to look at, for you to research, for you to share in this community, to share their stories. And those little three-minute stories that happened in the Board of Com County, County of Commissioners, right? Is that what it's called? Board of so Supervisors, thank you, I have to get it right. Board of Supervisors. You know, we could share those stories. I want you to realize this. As I was there in the library yesterday, on the wall in that wonderful place of documents, there's a big picture of the Confederate Veterans Reunion. They lost. That's pretty much what I could think about that. And they got a picture and a statue. We have those who fought and won. They fought for the right of this country to bring true liberty to all, true freedom to all. 
And for them, it was a sacrifice, sometimes of their entire lives. Some of them who gave up their occupation, moved from their families. We should know their names. Franklin County, these are your people. They deserve for you to know them. And there's so many others to get to know. So if you're ready, I want to get you started. And I want you, Franklin County, and it doesn't matter the color of your skin to learn this history. I want you, Franklin County, to realize those who fought, some died, for the United States colored troops. If I was in the, if I was in the, um, in the airborne, I would say, whoa, something like that. Just, whoa, all right, yeah, something like that. Just because I feel good about saying it. Y'all are not there, but can you say, and amen. you weren't inspired by that, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> because, uh, it, in fact, first of all, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Allen. We, we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, now we're going to uh, have a video uh, singing of the uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing. And sing along with the uh, video, please. Please stand.
Please be seated. We're at the juncture there where we're going to, uh, uh, first of all, Pastor Coates had to leave. He involved in a funeral at one o'clock, so he has asked uh, Eric Ospa to um, perform his duty, and he will also uh, give us some re closing remarks. Please. On behalf of the Franklin County NAACP branch number 7134B, I wish on behalf of our officers and the entire branch to make, a, make three special presentations of some members who have just gone above and, and beyond. So I'd like for you to stand as I read this um, award. Sister Lisa Mackenheimer, would you please stand where you are, please? I know you weren't expecting this. Lisa is our present secretary, and Lisa has been our secretary for a long time. So Sister Lisa, in appreciation of your dedicated service, we present to you and thank you for your commitment and countless hours of service to the Franklin County NAACP this day, September 23rd, 2003. I will bring this to you shortly. Brother William Helm, would you please stand? I've grown to love a lot of people in Franklin County, but man, this brother I love a lot. <laughs> William, with our great appreciation on this 23rd day of September, 2023, we present to you William O. Helm, Jr. In grateful recognition of your many years of dedicated service, advocacy, and tireless commitment to the cause of justice and equality, your leadership and guidance have empowered many. William, thank you for your dedication to the NAACP and our community. And to my predecessor as president of the NAACP, Reverend Walter Lawson, Jr., would you please stand? William served so many years as a treasurer, he couldn't remember. <laughs> Walter, um, he remembers. Uh, Walter served as president for eight years, and we are so grateful for your leadership, brother. With our greatest appreciation on this 23rd day of September 2023, we present to Reverend Walter Lawson, Jr., in profound appreciation of your leadership as president of the Franklin County NAACP, your service has elevated our cause and impacted our community. Walter, thank you for upholding the ideals of justice and equality at the very helm of our chapter. Thank you, brother. Now for a few and brief closing remarks. I wanna, I wanna share with those of you who are here today, and I'm really, we are really grateful that you are here. Uh, your presence means so much to this local chapter of the NAACP. 
Our mission, the mission of the NAACP, is to ensure the political, educational, social, and economic equality of rights of all persons and eliminate hatred and racial discrimination. As we all have gathered here today for this program, I believe we've been about that mission. And as current president of the Franklin County NAACP on behalf of our branch, I personally want to thank you for your presence here today. Give yourselves a hand. For your, for your presence here today and your support of our work. And I also want to wish to extend a huge thank you, a huge thank you to all who have planned and worked diligently, and I mean diligently, to provide this program and make it possible for us to even be here together. And so there's many, many, many names to name, and I can't and won't try to name them all. But a special word of thank goes to three ladies, three sisters of mine in Christ. Special word of thanks to Glenna Moore, Josephine Edwards, and Clara Taylor, the planning committee for this day. As I said, the planning committee and countless volunteers have made this moment possible like a beautiful cake. We were going to have a cake, but because we felt like we needed to take lunches home rather than eat here with the rising COVID, we have worked to make this cake beautiful, but the icing on the cake, I believe, are our guests, who each in his or own way, each in his or own way, have served up a delicious program of the spoken word, music, and truthful storytelling. Thank you all, and a big shout out to Sheila Arnold, our keynote performer. And lastly, I'd be remiss to not mention that under the leadership and guidance of Franklin County NAACP member Kathy Cummins and the historical research that has been begun and is ongoing by Glenna Moore, our branch is pursuing a grant call for community partners and participants in monuments across the Appalachian Virginia project. That's through the Mellon Foundation and it's a huge financial grant and we're hoping we are able to get it. If we're awarded this grant, we will be able to carry forward, now listen to this, in a very monumental way, <laughs> monumental way, the story we have heard here today. We're only in the very early stages of this pursuit, which is early January, so stay tuned. And again, thank you all for being here today. Oh, I almost forgot. Like icing on a cake, there's lunch. So before you leave here today, make sure to grab your lunch and a drink. And again, so grateful that you've been here today. Thank you and God bless. I, um, I appreciate that, uh, Reverend. It, it was uh, very, very good. One of the things that I remember, uh, because I, I came in late uh, Thursday, I was picked up in Roanoke at the train station, but I was here last night, and I, you, I, the three ladies that you mentioned, Reverend, I, I, without question. However, however, I saw a lot of men running around last night, too. Uh, 
So if you were a, a, an assistant or you were here last night helping to pull things together, please, and this morning, please stand so we can recognize who you are. Bobby Taylor, I know Bobby, yeah. The entire team, yeah. Yes, yes. I walked in here and I was shocked. I was, people were working and they were give, exchanging views on things and so that's where we need to be. That's the, the inclusiveness that we need to foster every day of our lives. And, and it starts here in Franklin County. I don't care where you move to. If you take it with you, you can use it. It doesn't fade away. I'm, I, I'm here to announce uh, the blessing for the lunch. Uh, and please, take those lunches, because I, I saw them put them together last night. They were good. And the benediction. Chaplain Little from Ferrum College. Thank you. So, Sheila, you said that uh, they possibly might be getting a little sleepy, and you were in the way of that. No, they were getting hungry, and I'm in the way of that. <laughs> so, I won't be before you very long. Because I know people like to take a nap after they eat. I got some amen there. I'm going to bless this food, and then I'll do the benediction in that order. As we bow our heads, humble our hearts before our Lord and Savior. Holy gracious Father, we thank you right now. Lord God, we ask you to bless this food that's been set before us, Lord God. We first of all ask you to bless the hands prepared in this place where it's prepared in. Let it be used for the nourishment and strength of our bodies, Lord God. Lord God, let it be used for the purpose you designed it for, to nourish our bodies, strengthen these bodies. Lord God, any impurities, take them out, Lord God, that we may grow Naturally so, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray and ask. Thank God. Now, as we do the benediction, holy and gracious Father, we come in that great name by that power and authority that you've given us. Honor to you and to your son and to all these distinguished guests that are here on this platform today. To every family that's represented here, oh God, we ask you to bless in a special way, Lord God. We recognize that you specialize and do what no other power is even capable of doing. Lord God, as you move this branch forward, oh God, to execute your plan, oh God, we ask you, we need health, so we ask you to bless us with health. Lord and God, we're gonna need willing workers, so we ask you to bless with willing workers, oh God. Lord, we're gonna need finances, so we ask you to open up and bless us with finances, oh God. Give us strength to carry out your mission. Lord God, I ask you to bridge every gap. Be the bridge to take us over, Lord God. We exercise the authority that you've already given us. We call in every good thing that you have for us right now today. Jesus. Lord God, as you've already suffered we recognize that the penalty's already been paid, oh God. We ask you to bless our men and women around this world. Bless our men and women on this, in this country. Bless our men who are in uniform today, here, now. Glory. Now, God, as we leave this place, but never ever your presence 
where she to go with us, stand by us, encourage us, motivate us, move us in a special way, oh God, that love rules this day and every day. And we ask these things in Jesus' name that you receive the glory and honor. Amen and amen. I miss one person. Robert Woods, your town manager, is right here. Stand up, Robert, so people can see you. Just wanted to let you know. I guess it's time to eat. And Larry, you know how to direct the traffic. I think the best way to do that is if we just start with the front rows and work to the back, just go around, pick up a bag, pick up a soda, and out the door. instead. 